Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to be honest with you. This liturgy is my least favorite of the whole church year. When the awesome liturgists, and I say that with no sarcasm in my voice, when the awesome liturgists put together the 1979 prayer book, they did some amazing work reconciling some of our 1928 prayer book with the changing theology, similar to what the Catholics did with Vatican II. They made Eucharist our primary service. They moved to men and women exchanging rings and the same vows with each other during holy matrimony. And they made baptism a public service, welcoming the newly baptized into the household of God, who were now expected to attend. But they messed up one thing. They attempted to be practical. Fewer people were attending Holy Week services, Maundy Thursday and Good Friday especially. And they didn't want these folks to go from hearing about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem straight to his resurrection without going through the Passion in between. So they crammed Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday together and gave us all liturgical whiplash every Sunday of Holy Week. We go from, who is this? to crucify him within 20 minutes. But in all fairness, so does the crowd. The crowd who was cutting branches and spreading them on the ground. The crowd who went ahead of Jesus shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The crowd who met Jesus as a king just a few days later are now demanding his blood. The people go from being caught up in the crowd to welcome the prophet Jesus from Nazareth into Galilee to being whipped into a mob to mandate Jesus' death. And not much has changed today. The powers that be are still finding ways to rally us for or against one thing or another, or more concerning recently, for or against one group of people or another. Every week there is something new to be frantic or angry or anxious about. We are quick to welcome the new Messiah, just to turn around a week later and throw him under the bus. Society has not changed much. And frankly, it's enough to give you whiplash. But notice that whether he is being welcomed as a king or humiliated as a criminal, Jesus is constant. Jesus doesn't let the emotions of the crowd drive his mission. Jesus is following God's will to his death. Jesus is loving those who worship or spit on him in the same way, by giving up his life for them. Jesus is offering himself up as a perfect sacrifice to atone for the sins of those who walked with him and those who have called for his blood. We like to think we wouldn't have turned Jesus over for 30 pieces of silver. Or we wouldn't have been in that crowd demanding Jesus' death. Or we wouldn't have been the perfect politician appeasing the mob to retain power. 
but we do it every day. We delight in the downfall or injury of a work rival or a celebrity or a politician. We justify our hardness of heart or our unwillingness to change by citing what is legal or what we're entitled to. We lack empathy for those who are vulnerable or strange or foreign or poor. We step on others to maintain what little power we have managed to scrounge together on this fragile earth. We fail to love God. We fail to love our neighbors as ourselves. We sin daily, constantly, in thought, word, and deed, both as individuals and as a collective. We are Judas. We are the crowd. We are Pilate. And Jesus remains constant. Jesus is not changed by the whispers and whims of this world. Jesus is not persuaded by economic models or constitutions or Instagram influencers. Jesus is not swayed by your flaws, your failures, or your sins. Jesus loves you dearly. And his sacrifice that day, so many generations ago, was not just for those who called for his blood then, but also for you now. A sacrifice born out of love for all the world, unchanged by space and time. Amen.